You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. All right, my name is Monsignor Schumacher. It's great to come to you live from my office at uh, Corpus Christi in Bismarck, North Dakota, the Diocese of Bismarck, and we welcome all of our listeners. Just a reminder, again, we are giving away three pairs of tickets uh, to uh, the first three callers, 877-795-0122. You've heard that a lot, 877-795-0122. Call, call on in for these tickets. It, it is the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Concert which will be on, on Friday and Saturday, uh, March 12 and 13. Uh, not this Friday and Saturday, but the next. And um, so that will be at the Bell Mayhus. If you're in the area, you want those tickets, call on in. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little more at the top of the hour with Beverly Everett. And so uh, remember, today is March 4th, the only day on the calendar as a command to March 4th. We're going to march forth with this new interview with Carol Christensen calling in from Yankton, South Dakota. Carol, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Great to have you on the Real Presence Radio Network. Uh, this is a, a story I, I haven't had in my uh, many 12 years or so of, of hosting here, uh, a rocking chair reversion story. But first, uh, let's circle back. Uh, first, uh, tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, well, I am a 51-year-old single widowed mom. I am, uh, have an awesome 18-year-old son. He's very quickly approaching high school graduation this spring, so that's what our world is focused on right now. Um, I'm in a relationship with a very kind, handsome, hardworking man that God has brought into our lives. I'm a Nebraska native, but um, which is right over the border from where I am now in Yankton, South Dakota. I came to college here 30 years ago, and I'm still here. I've had a variety of uh, work experiences. Each one that God has used me to prepare has used to prepare me for the next. With right now, I'm currently working at the St. Benedict Parish here in Yankton. I serve as the pastor's assistant and a volunteer and communications coordinator, and just do a lot of administrative technology assistance in the office here. So um, that's kind of a brief summary of who I am, I guess. So, uh, Carol, you have a story to tell, and it's a story that's going to be interesting to uh, many people. So let's begin uh, with your, your childhood. What, what was your faith? Because you have a great story. But first, uh, before your reversion happened, I guess they say, what was your faith growing like? Uh, your faith like growing up uh, as a child? Because I, I think you're a lot like most of us. What was it like? Sure. Uh, I am a cradle Catholic, I've heard it termed, um, raised by two very faith-filled parents. Um, I'm the oldest of 11 children. I did attend Catholic school from 5th grade through 12th grade. Um, In reflecting on this interview, I don't really remember much of my formal faith formation in my younger years. Um, In my family life, I do remember, you know, Sunday Mass was non-negotiable. We were just always there. We never even questioned that we would go or not go. Um, night prayers as a family every single night. Um, often rosaries prayed together. Um, and then as a young teen, I remember the first time I thought that Jesus might be really real was uh, I was triggered by the Morning Has Broken song, the lyric, like the first like the first dewfall on the fresh grass. I just had this vivid mental image of Jesus 
walking through our front yard grass. And in that moment, I understood that Jesus was really real and not just some story that my parents or the church had told me. Um, but more recently, my spiritual director said that he sensed in me a real hunger for a relationship with God. And it was at that point that I realized that that hunger and desire for God for so long has just always been there that I've just taken it for granted and um, not always pursued that relationship. So. so growing up, Carol, Carol Christensen is my guest from Yankton, South Dakota on this Real Presence radio network. And we're coming up on 31 minutes past the hour. But first, Carol, you were born and raised Catholic. You're a cradle Catholic. Uh, let's uh, deal with when you drifted away from the church. When sure. did you? When did you? And why? Um, I think it was in my young adulthood. Um, I had a lot of biblical and theology classes in Catholic high school, um, and I so many in college that I even ended up with a minor in religious studies because I took so many types of that um, class. But um, as a through in my college years and in fifteen years following that, I actually um, worked at a Christian bookstore, um, and through that, I encountered a lot of anti-Catholic beliefs and attitudes. Um, one of my first indications that I was drifting or doubting any Catholic teaching was I remember telling my mom that I didn't need to go to confession because my college friends um, talking to them about my problems was more sure. fruitful than going to some priest. And now I look back, I think, I guess I thought confession was more about talking about problems and God's forgiveness and sins. Sure, sure. And, and so so this, this bookstore, this Christian bookstore, I have Steve Ray coming up in the next hour. And mm-hmm. I always visit with Steve Ray. Uh, he, he always shares with me the tactics that he used before he became Catholic to bring Catholics into the Protestant fold, so to speak. And uh, th- this happens. So uh, a, a, a Christian bookstore will have a lot of non-Catholic sentiments through it. And, and you, you, you ran into this and you weren't able to, you weren't able to explain your faith, to understand your faith. Right. And looking back, I thought, why is that? Because I did have a lot of biblical classes and stuff. I had a lot of biblical, but not specifically, why do Catholics do that, so to speak? Like, salvation is once for all, you know, baptism is nothing but a visual of your transformation. There's no purgatory. You're just either saved or you're not saved. Um, Confession, you can just go straight to Jesus for forgiveness. Yep. Yep. You know, the Catholic Church is the Antichrist. There you go. Idolatry, popes. Popes and the priests and marrying the saints, that's all idolatry. Those were the kind of things there I encountered. Go. And there you I had go. heard and I heard enough of it that it caused me to believe that I just needed to think outside the box, that I had led a sheltered life and I just started to question what I'd always accepted as a fact. And I had like I said, had a lot of classes but not really any apologetics to explain those arguments. And I began to think that, well, some of those arguments just made sense right now. Sure, sure. And and what happened to you almost happened to me. When I was a freshman in college with the Campus Crusades for Christ, I was was invited out to to one of their gatherings. And, you know, they're not antagonistic. They're nice people. I went because they were, some of them were my friends and still are. But just Mm -hmm. questions, you know, why, why are the sacraments, you know, where are they in the Bible? You know, the Catholic Church is not um, a Bible-based church. Um, you know, why, why would you uh, belong to this institution of, 
men. Um, you know, the, the Pope is the whore of Babylon. I mean, etc., etc., etc. And and you know, when you don't have answers for them, you you start to you start to second guess your faith, which you did. So when that happened, where what did you do? Where did you go? How, how did you live your? You continued to live your Christian faith. What did you do? Sure, uh, uh, I started to explore other denominations. Um, never learned any of their theologies, but just went to their church services. And for quite a few years, I always describe it, I went to church where I wanted, when I wanted, and if I wanted. There and, you go. Uh, so, and, and I also, when I met, married my husband, when I married him, um, he was Lutheran. We went to church together, but often it would be like one week to the Lutheran church, and it was actually their traditional services very close to the Catholic service or to the Mass. Um, you know, one week we might be to the Catholic Church. Sometimes we just didn't go at all. Um, I even sometimes still tried other denominations on my own. And at times, as time went on, I really enjoyed the praise and worship music. It was very inspiring and beautiful, and the different services to me were very interesting. But I actually found myself getting confused in comparison to the Catholic Churches, specifically, like most churches I went to would have communion, but not necessarily every week. And they didn't believe in the real presence the way the Catholics do, but yet when they went to communion, they would take it very solemnly and reverently. Sure. And I just wondered, well, why do they do this? If it's just a cracker, why are they being so yeah. reverent, you know? And uh, and so then I just started feeling empty at those services. Um, you know, the I, Protestant churches so. do that, Carol, because a lot of the people in their pews are former Catholics. And so they will they will copy the Catholic ceremony without any apostolic authority. They will have ashes. Um, they will start to do penance services. They will they they will they have they have to because the, the, these Catholics are you know coming in with you know we're ritual based. We we like ceremony, and they will copy that, but of course without any apostolic authority and and so you 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 started to feel empty and so many catholics come back to me because they miss the the real presence of the eucharist they 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 can right. feel an emptiness you said you started to feel an emptiness describe to me that emptiness well, i didn't trust that my experience of the catholic church was definitely right or wrong i just I didn't know if I believed in the real presence. I, I, mean, I remember even thinking, how could a man or a priest say the right words at the right time and control God's poof magically be in the bread and wine? Right. Um, was kind of a thought I remember having. And, but I knew I wasn't settled or happy in those other churches either. And so that's where my faith walk was at um, when uh, God's grace got a hold of me, and that's where I call it my reversion coming back to the faith and i don't know if you're ready to talk about that but that's kind of where my thoughts are at this point um does that answer what you just asked me i do yes i'm going to take a short break and then we're going to be back carol to talk about your reversion but this is an interesting story and there are so many parents listening right now whose children have gone through this many mm -hmm. listening who themselves have gone through this and I, I, I like this this topic, and we're going to get into it later on in the next hour when I talk to Steve Ray. I, I have another uh, story for him, but Carol Christensen is my, my guest, and, and she's a good one. Born and raised Catholic, uh, regular mass goer, uh, got a 
job at a bookstore, uh, was questioned about her faith, left her faith, started to feel empty, and by God's grace, and they don't all do it, and by God's grace came came back to the faith, and we're going to, uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to hear the story of how she came back to the one true faith, the Catholic Church. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. I hope you're having a good start to your day. If not, I hope it gets better on this March 4th. We'll be back in just one moment. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. For more than 20 years, the University of Mary has watched students thrive through affordable, flexible, and formative online education programs. Now, we are delighted to announce the expansion of these offerings with the robust portfolio of advanced education options created intentionally for the Catholic working professional. Our programs offer accelerated formats with classes beginning every five weeks throughout the year and the potential for a return on your investment in the very first year. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio. My name is Monsignor Patrick Schumacher. I'm the pastor here at Corpus Christi in Bismarck, and I'm coming to you live from my office. Thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, Carol Christensen, is my guest as we work to the top of the hour. Remember, we do have tickets to give away for the Bismarck Mandan Symphony coming up next weekend. 877-795-0122. Call to get any one of those three pairs of tickets. But Carol, you were born and raised Catholic. You fell away. And now let's start your story back. At what point did you start to explore the Catholic faith again? Sure. Um, I want to say it's an accident, but it was no accident. Um, it was God's grace that put me where I was, that in where I um, felt the conversion was. 
after our son was born, I stopped working and I was home a lot. We were a family who had the TV on pretty much all the time. But yet I wanted to protect this brand new innocent baby's ears from the world. And I was pretty choosy about what I watched when I was home alone. And I ended up watching a lot of Christian programming while I was, you know, rocking and feeding him. And that's where the rocking chair conversion (laughs) comes in was I would never watch EWTN. I had an aversion to watching Catholic programming. It was kind of this way negative. I remember even in college, my friend and I kind of making fun of Mother Angelica which I look back now and see she's so mm-hmm. instrumental, and I've actually read her biography, and I love her now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, a, lot of, a, lot of priests, uh, a lot of priests still do, yeah? Yeah. So eventually, though, I was bored or tired of what I was watching because I was home so much, so I kind of reluctantly turned on EWTN, and um, I, like I said, a program, I say by no coincidence, was on that caught my attention. It was a program with two women sitting at a kitchen table. One was Jewish who had converted to Christianity and then to Catholicism. The second was just a young mom like me, who had been Protestant, evangelical, and converted to Catholicism. And just sitting at this kitchen table on this program, they, one by one, over the course of several weeks, took each one of the top Protestant misconceptions about Catholicism, all those things that I'd been hearing and believing for years, and point by point taught me why the Catholic Church's teachings were biblically, theologically sound, and I was just so inspired that I actually started recording the programs, you know, the old VCR days, and yeah, watching oh yeah. and taking notes and studying on my own, and at so some point I was convicted that the Eucharist just wasn't some bread and wine, but... EWTN. EWTN, yeah. uh, Mother Angelica did really what the the United States bishops could not do, which is a, at that time a successful national Catholic channel. And yeah. um, I hear stories uh, again and again, people who were turned off by it, but were greatly affected by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, confession then became important in, yeah. in, in your next steps. Tell me yeah. about that. No, I think it was, I, I don't have a very exact memory about um, why confession, but I remember at some point I was convicted that the Eucharist was truly Jesus and that um, God could be present in his um, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and that if I was going to receive Jesus, the Holy God, I needed to go to confession as a preparation. And, um, and the, the clearest memory I have of confession was, packing up my several-month-old baby in a car seat and just plopping him down the floor in the confessional. I was behind the screen, so I remember saying to the priest, okay, so I have a baby in this car seat with me, and I don't know if he'll sleep or what, but it's been like 20 years since I've been here to a confession. And then I remember at the end when the priest saying, welcome home, and at the time I thought, what, welcome home? I never really left, but as I get further and further into um, my faith journey now, I see that I was mostly gone from the church, and I relish those words now as I replay them, like, welcome home really means a lot to me now, years later, more so than it did in the moment. And you were fortunate to have a priest of mercy and compassion, and I hear stories of people who have had bad experiences in the confessional, and I always apologize to the extent that I can on behalf of the church to apologize for that. But your your priest was of the heart of our Lord. And yeah. saying welcome home was a was a, a true moment of grace for you. And that that's so beautiful. I'm gonna say briefly in my homily this weekend at Corpus Christi that, you know, 
Uh, th this time of year, probably, you know, the, the, the high season is, is, is in about 10 days it starts. Uh, I, I go deep sea fishing. Mm. And I, when, when I go into my, when I go into my confessional, yeah, I, I hear, I hear confessions. You know, there, there's devotional confessions. I, you know, my last confession was a week ago. Fine, that's all important. When I get, I haven't been to confession, Father, in twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years. That's a big fish. Mm. That, that's a catch, and that's pleasing to our Lord because, because that's the heart of our Lord. Remember, the sick people were brought to Jesus. He, but Jesus himself sought. He went after the sinners. And when I get a big fish, that makes my day. So, I, 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 you know, you, you, you go out to the deep, you catch some little ones, but God willing, you catch some big ones. And Carol, you were a big fish. Mm. And so, yeah. uh, now, now that, that's, let's talk about from that sacramental experience of confession to to other true beautiful th truths of the catholic faith um like the teaching on uh, on mary you you had struggled with that and how did you how did you reconcile how did your faith come to a new understanding of all these aspects of, of the catholic faith sure um you know i continued to watch that series that i spoke of a moment ago and i started reading other books and just learning more about the faith and about Jesus, and one by one I was working through most of those misconceptions of the theology of the Church, And but after a few years I just didn't, still didn't quite get the purgatory thing and how that could be, or Mary's perpetual virginity, or why she, a friendship with her would be desirable. But I remember at one point, a few years into this, that I remember thinking, well, the Church seems to have quote, gotten it right on so many of my hang-ups that I'm just going to trust that she is right in all of these things, even the ones I don't understand. And God has gradually given me um, more and more understanding. In fact, um, Mary has been drawing me closer and closer to her. Um, in my early widowhood, my husband Barry died when our son was just two, and I could really identify with her all the hardships she went through, all of those birth in the stable, the flight to Egypt, the crucifixion, all of those sorrows that she experienced, but none of that was easy, just like what I wasn't, what I was going through wasn't easy, and even at a Holy Day Assumption Mass, I realized that my attitude all along for those first years of widowhood that was, why my husband, why us, why me, and something struck me during that Assumption of Mary Mass that I realized, well, look at what she suffered, the better question is, why not me, and why should I be exempt from suffering when she wasn't? And just kind of, like, she was just slowly been re was clo drawing closer and closer to her um, because I can identify with her. And, um, so exactly. That's, uh, yeah, I guess that's for good. Carol Christensen, it's been great to, to visit with you uh, about your story. It's a story that has been repeated it will continue to repeat itself and and i i think that there's a lot of hope when we listen to your story and so i want to thank you for sharing it today is there anything else you'd like to say as we part ways for now sure i just uh, i'm just grateful that god um used you know walking away from the church is probably i don't even know if my parents knew that i did that and i i speak to so many people who family members that are walking away from the church. I have family members and friends that have, and I think that God used that to bring me back stronger, and so I use that as an encouragement to others, like, 
keep playing because he can bring him back stronger like he did for me. And I said, I always qualify that with if I had to watch my son <laughs> walk away. I don't know how much patience and trust I'd have either. So let's keep praying for each other. Marvelous. Carol, thank you for calling in and uh, touch base with us again here at the Real Presence Radio Network. All right? Great. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. That's a story of of, of grace, and it's a story of, of God continuing to, to work through the church. I know parents who have children who have fallen away from the faith truly grieve that loss. Children who were brought up in the faith and today have absolutely no time for the faith. That is a hurt that needs to be healed. And it's a, it's a pain and a loss that needs to be grieved. And I, I visit with them time and time again. Parents who, who have no time for even a discussion about the faith. And this happens very easily as we fall away from the faith because all of our relationships are very, very delicate. I remember going to a recent high school reunion and, you know, one of my friends who, quite frankly, I thought was more active in the church than I ever was, you know, he said, uh, Schumacher, it's just, you know, I haven't, uh, I haven't been a mass for over 20 years. He said, I just, I really, I really haven't changed denominations. I just quit going. One of the easiest things to do is to get out of the habit of going to mass. And like Carol said, when she could go to her Lutheran service, wherever she wanted, whenever she wanted, if she was good and ready, we're going to get out of that habit. And and it, it's it's happening uh, right now because of this pandemic shutdown. So I, I encourage and I, I welcome everybody to to come back uh, to the faith. And and if you have been away, maybe this desire that was stirred with our churches being shuttered, this desire can really uh, stir into flame again, uh, as we read in Scripture, the the, the faith that's been given to you. So I want to thank Carol for sharing that. It's it, it's it's a it's a hopeful story because it's a very real story and it's going on it's going on uh, today. I I'm going to share another story with Steve Ray about um, how how I was uh, almost saved in a, in a in a in a shopping mall and how I didn't un- understand what was happening and our and our Catholics need to to understand you 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 need to know what you leave and I I I've often said one of the reasons Catholics leave the Catholic faith is because they they do not know what they are leaving uh, and like Carol said she was working in a Christian bookstore, getting questions about her faith, not not able to answer them. So what what do you do? The people who question her seem to have all the answers, and and that is why Saint Anselm said so profoundly, "Our faith is seeking understanding." In fact, he he called that his definition of theology: faith seeking understanding. We know that theology etymology etymologically, let me get that out again, etymologically, theology is uh, the, the study of God. That is what the word means, theology. But Anselm described it as faith-seeking understanding. And our faith is always seeking more understanding. Hosea said in the Old Testament, Lord, my, my people are perishing 
because of a lack of knowledge. Lord, my people perish for lack of knowledge, is what Hosea cried out. Lord, my people are dying because they, they, don't, they don't know, they, they don't understand. We know that faith grows and is held in the heart, but, but, but also our faith needs to be understood. And, and when, when a lot of our Catholics cannot understand the gift they've been given, it, it falls reasonably that they become confused. And probably it's reasonable that they fall away if there's not a pastor there to take care of them. But uh, Carol Christensen, whom I just interviewed, by God's grace, she came back. So there's always hope. And we need to always learn about our faith. At Corpus Christi two weeks ago, I had a, I had a Mass that was called a, kind of a uh, before the Mass. I spoke about the Mass, and then I offered the Mass. And then at the end of the Mass, I spoke more about it. And, and, and it's, 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 it's on YouTube on our, on our site here. And anyway, I was just kind of overwhelmed by the response of, uh, of people who, who watched this Mass. And, you know, I've been studying uh, church uh, theology, uh, philosophy, church doctrine since really 1986. And, you know, I, you, you get a lot of stuff in your head and, you know, the teaching is very, very easy for me to do. And, and we, we need to continue to do that. So maybe pastors in our listening area need to take this opportunity. And in fact, this was an idea of my staff, that as we come back, uh, let's, let's rekindle our knowledge and our love of the Mass. So I, so I did this Mass with, with the explanation at the beginning and at the end, and the, the response was, quite frankly, overwhelming. So let, let's take this opportunity. Uh, remember, there are, uh, if you look for them, a lot of silver linings in the COVID cloud, and, and one of them is that, that our, 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 our being away from the faith rekindled uh, our, our desire to be in it. And as we come back, we can learn again the truths of what we've been given and the, the truth about what we've been taught. So I'm going to do these teaching sessions more often. Father Ani and I here at Corpus Christi are going to have them uh, probably um, after our adoration on Tuesdays. We have adoration all day here after um, benediction. Uh, we're going to um, have some teaching of something. I can, I can get up and, you know, teach about teach about anything. Most of us priests can, you know, talk for a long time about, about topics. And I think now is a real opportunity to do that. And Carol Christensen found that truth again. Where? Where did God work? What was God's vehicle? Well, for her, it was EWTN. And, and she, didn't, she didn't even want it to be EWTN. She had, she had made fun of Catholic uh, networks, and she had made fun of Mother Angelica. Uh, as I said, some priests still do today. But, but yet, there was a moment where she was captured, and she was brought back in, and she was uh, brought, to, uh, brought to the full life of the, of the church uh, once again. So we're going to take a break. My next guest is Beverly Everett. I've interviewed her before. She's here in the office here at Corpus Christi. We're coming to you live in the upper Midwest, and we're going to be giving away some tickets as well. We're going to be giving away three pairs of tickets. I don't think they're gone yet. Eli hasn't indicated that. If you'd like a pair of the tickets to the Bismarck Mandan Symphony, which is not this weekend, but next weekend, uh, call in to 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. 
The Bismarck Mandan Symphony will be back on Friday, March 12th, Saturday, March 13th. And I'm sure in the upper Midwest, you have the arts coming back as well. Probably not like we do in North Dakota. We're pretty much open, but I hope you get there. And we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about a concert that she's going to uh, provide for us this Sunday at Corpus Christi at 2 p.m. I'm very excited about that. And uh, we'll, um, we'll talk about that. And then in the next hour, uh, I have Steve Ray uh, back. I interview Steve Ray uh, frequently. In fact, this is, I think, my fourth interview with him, or maybe my fifth. And he's, he's always enjoyable. So as we come up on 58 minutes past the hour, I want to thank all of you for listening to Real Presence Live. We've had Bishop David Kagan and Carol Christensen last hour. I've got Beverly Everett, and I have Steve Ray in the next hour. And uh, we're going to take a break. We're gonna, going to um, pay some bills, so to speak, if we do. I don't think we charge much for advertising, but we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just one moment. <laughs> 